this is an addendum to the podcast on the age of excess, I want to try to explain why this period is so exciting. In just 35 years, the United States went from being a middling country with 33 million people to being on the verge of being the most powerful nation on earth in 1900. The country was utterly transformed by the Industrial Revolution, and sometimes this period is called the age of the Industrial Revolution. On top of that, you had the effort to deal with one of the heaviest periods of immigration in American history. The immigration was coming from Europe. However, it was a new kind of immigration that Americans had never experienced before. Immigration from places in Southern and Eastern Europe, where immigrants predominantly originated in cities and were populating the cities of the United States. And that was increasing the urban dimension of the country, which was still not going to be complete by the end of the century. But in 1920, you have the first census that revealed that a majority of Americans lived in cities rather than small towns. Certainly by 1900, America was dominated in its direction and policy by the city, even though it was still predominantly rural-minded. And we see that because of the election of 1896, which uh, resulted in the election of William McKinley, who represented the city, over William Jennings Bryan, who, who articulated the vision of rural America. So in many cases, the election of 1896 was rural America's last stand. So in 35 years, you go from a rural America to an urban America, at least in terms of the control over policy. And you go from an America that is small town and focused on small government. The Supreme Court and the Congress regarded it themselves as guardians of the Constitution, but even the president, as well as the other two branches of government, held a Whig philosophy of presidential power uh, and even governmental power and regarded uh, regulation as not being part of the corpus of uh, American jurisprudence or American politics, for that matter. All branches of government thought that government should be small, acting under the terms of Jeffersonianism. But never before in American history had there been so much need for government regulation. So you have an atmosphere totally free of government regulation. Uh, There was no regulation of business, no taxation of incomes. Um, There was no regulation of immigration until 1882. And so in the face of all these problems, you have an attitude that said that government should be restrained, small, and do as little as possible. So this contributed to massive problems in the late 19th century that had to be sorted out and eventually were sorted out by 1900 with the advent of the Progressive Era. On top of that, you had, of course, westward expansion. You had the end of Indian, the Indian Wars. Indians were dispossessed of their lands through allotment of lands. The Dawes Severalty Act was crucial to that in the 1880s. And so you have all these dimensions coming together. We had increasing poverty in the cities. 
That had to be sorted out and taken care of. And then at the very end of the period, you had the first war since the Civil War, that being the Spanish-American War, which resulted in the United States becoming a, an empire for the first time and a, a world power of significance. So it, it's very, very strange that uh, the Gilded Age, or the age of the Industrial Revolution, or the age of excess, whatever you want to call it, has been one of the least studied periods in American history. Uh, and I don't think anyone would, would dispute that. Very few people, very few historians look at the Gilded Age compared to those who look at the other great periods in American history. And yet, it is one of the most decisive periods in American history. So I hope you find it as exciting as I do. And we'll talk more about it in class. Mm-hmm.